You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 64. We at Mother Good believe that there is no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. So excited for you to hear today's guest, Allie Denning. And she is a military mom. So I've been wanting to talk about military life for a while now because I know a lot of our listeners and followers have family members or they themselves are in the military. So I'm so excited to have her on and have you hear her story. And if you are listening to our podcast and you are not yet subscribed, be sure and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you could just take a few extra seconds to rate us an Apple podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. You don't even necessarily have to write up anything. Just hit the five stars button and then that'll help with our rankings and everything. So we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, And also, I wanted to mention, I've been meaning to mention for a while now that I run another page called the Instagram handle is Attorney Emily. And it's for my private practice since I am an attorney. And recently, I've been getting a lot of clients who tend to be basically like our listeners age range. So people like myself who are like young mothers who are having some kind of side hustle or small business artists, basically anyone with a side hustle. And so if you're looking for an affordable attorney, basically, I'm not as expensive as the vast majority of attorneys out there. You know, basically, I'm in between the price of like, legal zoom, uh, a lot less than all the other attorneys out there. So if you're looking for an affordable attorney, and also someone that you can relate to, and someone that you can talk to, so it feels like, you know, you're having a chit chat with a friend instead of your lawyer, and you're looking for a lawyer who's going to really help your business and not just nickel and dime you. Um, you know, I can help you from anything from different kinds of contracts for vendors and maybe licensing agreements to non-disclosure agreements. So anyway, if you are interested, you can check out my other account. The handle is at attorney Emily, or you can shoot me an email at Emily at the So with that, I would love to welcome Allie to the show. Allie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm so excited that we could make this work, uh, especially since I know that you're on vacation for the 4th of July. So happy 4th of July to you and your family and also to all of our listeners. And uh, could you just start off by telling everyone about yourself, your background and who you are? Sure. Um, So my name is Allie Denny. I'm 31. Um, I live in Alabama, Southern Alabama. I'm in the Coast Guard. I'm active duty Coast Guard. My husband is also active duty Coast Guard. We have three little boys, Max, who's seven, Zach, who's four, and Ty, who's three, and we're cooking number four, and they're due in November. So we found out it's another boy, so four boys for the Dennings, so super excited about that. I just saw your announcement on Instagram about that, and I thought it was super cute, and congratulations again. Thank you so much. We're super excited. So I would love to know, uh, you know, what made you get interested in joining the military? Is it something that you always saw yourself doing or is it kind of something that you just happened into? So it was definitely something I always kind of pictured for myself. My dad was active duty Navy. He met my mom when she was active duty Navy. She got out shortly after she found out she was pregnant with me. And um, we were just an active duty Navy family moving around doing 
all sorts of things traveling. And I just kind of assumed that the natural progression of life after you graduate high school is go to college and then find yourself in the military till you kind of then find yourself. I can relate to that because my, my mom actually, she was raised in a military family and her, because her dad was in the military and so she traveled all around and so she doesn't really have a home state and she has very similar sentiments to what you were talking about. So I love to learn a little bit more about that. So did you join right away in college or after college or tell me the timeline of everything that happened? So I knew I wanted to go to the Naval Academy after high school. And so I worked really hard to get there. I ended up not being selected for the Naval Academy, which is which is okay. I'm not bitter. But I ended up getting uh, referred to the Merchant Marine Academy, which I hadn't heard of before. It's located on Long Island, New York, about stone's throw from New York City. Um, and I was told by the recruiter there, you know, you can go to four years of college here. It's absolutely free. At the end of the college, you'll have a, an engineering degree, a license to work offshore on ships, and uh, you can commission in any branch of the armed services that you want to, provided you can get that commission. So I thought that was a pretty great deal. So there I went to the Merchant Marine Academy. We call it Kings Point. Um, there's very few of us out there, but we're a pretty strong little alumni group. So if anyone's listening, go Kings Point. Um, I met my husband there and he knew right away that he wanted to go active duty Coast Guard, but I wasn't too sure that that was something I wanted to do. He graduated a year ahead of me, went to the Coast Guard. I decided that I was going to take a Navy Reserve Commission and I worked offshore in the petroleum transportation industry for a couple years when we were newlyweds. And um, then after then, I, I decided to cross commission to the Coast Guard. Nice. So what does that mean to cross commission? I'm actually not familiar with that term. Does it just mean that um, you're not full time? or? or... Yeah, well, it it is a full time. A cross commission is is just an easy way of saying an inter-service transfer where you go from one service to another, like going Marine Corps to Navy or Navy to Army. It doesn't happen too frequently, but I went from Navy Reserve to active duty full time Coast Guard. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, I guess I would also love to just hear, you know, along the way, if there were any struggles with having kids while being in the military, because, you know, no, a little bit of background on myself. And I, you know, since, as you know, like, I'm, I'm a lawyer. And so that's something that I never really thought of as, you know, the work life balance. And, I naively just assumed, oh, yeah, I'm just going to continue what I'm doing full time, you know, working crazy hours, all the stuff once I have kids. And then once I had kids, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, it's just really as literally every mom can attest to it's a very eye awakening a moment. Uh, And then I kind of had to like readjust and um, reevaluate and see what my goals were, you know, both professionally and personally. So I would love to hear your both personal and professional journey, because let's face it, as moms, those are so intertwined, you know, so much more than than the average man, per se. Uh, so how was it when you first had your first kid and then each subsequent subsequent kid? And then how have you been able to make it work? So it was really interesting. So the reason I stopped, we call it sailing when I was working offshore on ships. Um, but the reason I stopped sailing is because we found out we were expecting our first um, and so I was a stay-at-home mom for a little bit before I officially joined the Coast Guard. So I joined the Coast Guard already having one. 
um, the work-life balance thing was okay with the first. Um, and it was just sort of finding our new rhythm, finding what worked for us and our family. And then as we added kids, we both had kids biologically and we adopted one. We just had to kind of reaffirm, like, what are our, our goals and allowing ourselves to have the grace to change our goals as we went. Um, and being okay with saying, you know what, there's not a five-year plan. There's a, a right now plan. And that's okay. You know, like we know in the grand scheme of things, our goal is to have happy, healthy kids and a successful career. And so we're just going to have to work with what we're given each day to make that happen. And the, the fun thing about the, the military career is you're only in charge of your performance. You're not in charge of where you go, what jobs you get, um, how that all works out with timing and and what have you. But luckily the Coast Guard has been pretty great for me and my family and keeping both me and my spouse together. So we don't have a lot of control of where we go or what job we do, but we can do well and perform well in our job. And so long as that's not impacting our family, we found that just for us in this particular stage of life, it's okay for me to continue to work. Um, If for some reason, say this kid comes along and there's something different, maybe they have special needs Maybe there's a change in life circumstances or something that goes on with our family. We just allow ourselves to have the grace to change every day and kind of reevaluate and keep those lines of communication open. And how does that look like, practically speaking? Because I, you know, I'm always just trying to get practical tips from all of our podcast guests. Cause I feel like that that's, it's really hard because I, I you know, I always do that too. I just like overgeneralize and then give, uh, you know, advice of people and vice versa, I receive advice. But then at the same time, I feel like it's kind of hard to like, put into practice, practically speaking, I guess one thing that comes to mind is, you know, as you know, like I, we recently had our second kid like seven months ago. And I've heard so many people say over and over, like, okay, just lower your expectations, lower your expectations. I'm like, yeah, but what does that really look like? You know, does that mean that my house is just like a constant mess? Like, is that what my lower expectation, you know what I mean? It's like, what, what does that look like? I'm just curious from your perspective, what does that look like when you're talking about uh, that you don't have a five-year plan and just taking it day by day? I think of it as um, I have to be aware of the balls I have. And there's a, I think it was Nora Roberts. She had a lovely quote and she said, you have to be aware of all the balls that you're juggling and then be aware of which ones can be dropped safely and which ones can't be dropped and um, which ones are made out of glass, which ones are made out of plastic. So for me, family and my relationship with my husband, my husband and my relationships with my kids, those, those balls are glass. Um, Me having a a meal plan every week, that's a plastic ball. Um, Mm, I like that. (laughs) Right. That's a, that's a very, very plastic ball. And there's, there's also just extrapolating the, the metaphor is there's some balls that you can drop them once or twice, but on the third time they'll break. And mm. those would be um, relationships within your work. Um, there's certain things that I can talk to my boss and I can push things off. If I continue to push things off, things will break. But I have to be aware at which point is is the right time. But that, that the good thing about it is if you can kind of stay in the day-to-day, if you cannot – freak out too much about what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen in a month or what's going to happen in a year. The balls are a lot more manageable 
if you just focus on today's balls. If that makes any mm. sense. Um, Gosh, I just absolutely like that so, so much. I've never heard that analogy before, but it makes so much sense. And and just as you were saying, you know, as as I myself have adjust has have adjusted to two kids while working and and whatnot, that you know, just as as you were saying what you were saying about the different types of balls, I'm like, yeah, definitely. Like I, that's kind of how I've evaluated it. But I I love having analogies like that. It's just so much easier to understand mm-hmm. and relate to. Um, I drop on a, a regular basis. Um, yeah. I, the balls I, I tend to drop first are my own workout times mm-hmm. and meal planning. So does yeah. that mean the den- the Denning boys get a lot of takeout? Occasionally they do when life gets a little crazy, but we take it day by day. And then we wake up the next day, not mad at ourselves that we had a ball drop, but just grateful that we have another day to try again. And that's okay to try again. It's okay that say like, okay, we had, we had takeout two nights this week or three nights this week or every, in certain circumstances, every night this week, I would like to pick up the ball of healthy eating again. And then we can kind of see how that's going to fit with our family. And then having that discussion between you and your husband or you and your spouse or what, what does that look like for me? In what ways can, can you handle one of these balls that I, I feel like I'm about to drop? that would help our family and which ways can I pick up one of the balls that you feel like you're about to drop and then Mm. kind of working and having that communication between the two of you say, Hey, I feel like I'm failing at meal planning this week. Would you mind if you have like a few minutes at work during your lunch, write down a few things that you'd like to have this week Mm. and we can work on that and I can make something from that. Um, Cause that's, that's an area that I struggle with, you know, with meal planning and um, Mm -hmm. for things that he struggles with, um, like laundry. And with three little boys, it does pile up, but we made a system and we talked about a system that would work for us. We tried it out for a few weeks and went with it. Is that a plastic ball? Absolutely. Can my kids deal with me doing like two days worth of laundry and then we can reevaluate picking up that ball on Wednesday? Yeah, totally. Mm. What are your laundry tips? I'm just curious. What, what, even if it is a plastic ball, what, what does it look like? Um, so for us, we do it on Sundays. I have the kids every day after they um, get out of the, before they hop in the tub or hop in the shower, I have them put their clothes in a, a specific hamper. Mm. And we teach them this from like a really young age is like, this is your hamper. So after you take off your clothes, they go right here. Yep. And then I'll do three loads of laundry, one right after the other. And I keep them separate that way. I don't really have to worry about someone's clothes getting mixed in with someone else's clothes. And I don't really yes. pay too much attention to, I don't pay too much attention to colors or, or whites because I try to yeah. stick with the detergent and like a cold water wash that won't mess mm-hmm. up anything. And then just doing one at a time has been super manageable. And then yes. I my husband pick up the ball of, can you please put this away for me after I'm done folding it? Yes. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that because we just started doing that ourselves that like everyone has their own, own dirty laundry hamper uh, and the same thing, like I've been telling my three-year-olds, you know, put your clothes in the dirty clothes at, like, a, I'll even watch her to go do it. Cause you know, like toddlers when they're three, they, they don't, as you know, they don't listen very well. And so a lot of times I'll just watch her like, okay, like I'm watching you, like, let's do it together. Like pick it up and let's walk to the, the dirty laundry hamper. And she's getting a lot better every single time she does it over and, you know, the more she does it basically, like the better that she gets at it. Mm-hmm. But it's so true. Like 
the reason why I started doing that with her is that I was thinking, okay, well, I don't want to end up with a teenager 10 years from now who just leaves their clothes. I mean, who knows? I'll probably end up with that anyway. But you know what I'm saying? Like, at least that they're getting the training now to do that. And then just as you were saying, the, the laundry, the sorting just takes so long. Gosh, it's just like so, so long. And so, yeah, that's, I'm glad that um, I haven't heard of anyone else doing that before. So I'm glad to hear that, that you do that too. Mm-hmm. And then like another thing to think about is, you know, someday if you do have a teenager that leaves their clothes out, is that a plastic or is that a glass ball? Is that right? So, and being being okay in that moment with like, okay, we can work on this, but this isn't going to make or break my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and like another thing that I think is super important for working moms or moms who have a side hustle that they're working on really hard or moms who just have a ton of kids or maybe special needs kids is one of the things since I'm, I come from a, a Catholic background is I, I talk about discernment and I talk about um, certain Ignatian methods of discernment. One of the things is not making decisions when I feel overwhelmed or when I feel stressed out. So like if I'm having a terrible day and my balls are dropping all over the place and I'm tempted just to shut off two of the balls that are critical to my family just in that moment because I'm kind of feeling angry or feeling like, oh, I just can't do this anymore or whatever. Um, I just sleep on it. And I, I just wait for those feelings to pass. And I, I, I wait to reevaluate when I'm in a, a better frame of mind. So if I'm having a really bad day with my boss at work or um, one of my subordinates is giving me a hard time, I'm like, you know what? Is this really worth it for me and my family right now? Because I'm just not giving my, my best self to my family. I'll give it a week. Give it a week. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe you're having a bad day. But the idea is not to make huge family decisions about balls on days that you're feeling like that. Those mm. days come and go. Yeah. That, that's such great advice, too. And then it, just as you were saying, like, sometimes there's just harder moments that you're going through and it seems overwhelming, but it's not necessarily the norm. And then it'll mm-hmm. it'll it'll resolve itself. So I, I really like that a lot. So what is a typical day in your life as a military mom? I just love to just get in the nitty gritty detail of just like, what does your typical day look like starting from like, what time do you wake up in the morning? Um, I typically wake up at about 530. Um, 530, I have about 20 minutes to get myself dressed and get myself together. Um, My kids usually start waking up around 550 to 6. We get them dressed. We get their lunches packed. Um, Right now we're in a Lunchables phase. And of course, I'd love to have healthier lunches for my kids and whatnot. But you know what? This ball is going to be dropped. So Lunchables it is. And it's been actually super helpful for my family. Um, We usually pack them a Lunchable plus a piece of fruit or something. And then we all all go to school. And then from school, we we split up. The husband goes his way. I go my way. Um, he's He's a pilot. So his kind of... He, he does like rescue stuff in helicopters. He's like super cool, way cooler than me. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then I'll go to work. Um, my job is working with ships in the port and port safety and security. And so we just kind of make sure that nothing's coming in the port that's dangerous, that um, all like transfers of fuel oil and, and cargo is not going to pollute the waterways and that the ships are safe to sail. That's my job. And so that kind of, that looks different every day. During hurricane season, like right now we've got, at, at the time of recording, we've got a Hurricane Elsa heading towards the panhandle of Florida. And so um, that's just kind of prepping each port, seeing which ships are in, um, and 
helping the port to make the best readiness decisions for storms as they come. Um, and then usually about 3.30, I'll leave the office. I'll swing by school and pick up my kids. Um, luckily, I have them all in the same school. It's like a preschool attached to an elementary school. They all, they all get picked up in the same place. I can't speak to how the adding the baby is going to go because that's, that's one thing I'm just not going to think about at the moment. I'll think about it next week. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then um, we'll bring them home and we'll have like family time. We do. I do have a hobby, which has been really fun lately. I picked up a hobby um, about a year ago that I had in. I had it in high school, and uh, I let it drop. But then I kind of found myself again. And I started picking up horseback riding again, and so a couple times a week we'll go to the barn. <clears throat> we have um, a thoroughbred, and his name's Kevin, and he came off the track, and so he's just kind of relearning how to be a normal, happy, healthy horse. And so that's been a really fun thing for our family to do is, you know, just go out to the bar and let the kids play, um, me do my thing. And then we come home, we'll make dinner. And usually after dinner, we'll all sit on the sofa and snuggle and have like maybe 30 minutes of screen time, watch some like bluey or, or fancy Nancy or Vampirina or whatever's on that day. Um, about seven to seven 30, we'll start our bed bedtime bath time routine. Uh, and then we'll try to have them in bed by eight. And that's the plan. And then both my husband and I were we're getting master's degrees at the moment. So after Oh my goodness. Them, you guys are extra busy. <laughs> we're a little busy right now, but we're hoping it won't be this busy forever. And so from like eight to ten, my husband and I do schoolwork. Oh and wow. We, we go to bed at ten. Wow. Okay. So you're waking up that early and going to bed at ten. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is well, so impressive. I'm like, really impressed. Sometimes it's like nine thirty. Nine thirty or ten. It depends on the day. Yeah, no, that's so great. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you're getting a master's program, which I had no idea that you're actually getting because just recently I was, you know, I'm thinking about getting some extra certification. Um, and I'm like, when do people who have kids and work, like when did they study? So that's, I guess that's when I'll be studying then. You just mm -hmm. answered my question for me. Mm -hmm. Um, what is it like, um, living life as a military mom? Like, obviously, I know that that's all that you've experienced, but we've had working moms on in the past. But I'm just curious from other moms that you know, how do you think being in the military differs, um, you know, just from or does it maybe it doesn't? Um, does it or does it uh, not differ from, uh, you know, just being a civilian working mom versus, you know, being being a military mom? I think I think it does differ. Um, just because we move every three years, right? So mm -hmm. um, every three years, I have to like move my family, find new schools, find a find a new house, find a new church community, attempt to make a couple friends, and then by the time that you feel like you're kind of getting settled, it's about time to leave again. Um, so it has been difficult with having mom friends. Luckily, there's some other Coast Guard moms and. We know the drill that when someone's new, you just quickly include them as fast as you can so they don't feel like they're left out or they don't have somebody. Um, but that's one thing is, especially within the Coast Guard, since we don't typically move to giant bases, like um, if you're Air Force, you'll move to an Air Force base. That local community is used to having you there for a transient period, so they're more welcoming, more open to you being there for mm -hmm. whatever time you can be there. But, you know, the Coast Guard, mm -hmm. we're in places that typically don't have 
as huge of a military presence. So we're kind of um, kind of a novelty almost. And so um, I've had it expressed to me on a couple occasions. It's been really sad that um, people just don't want to invest in friendships that they know are going to be so short. And I get mm. that because everyone has to protect their emotional energy and protect themselves. But, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about being okay with having a good, deep relationship and being okay with the feeling of loss. You know, that's just part of life. But a lot of people are afraid of that. And that makes it tough to have friends sometimes and meet new people and, and have that outlet as a mom and as a woman. Mm. So, um I guess like if you have any listeners who have someone who just maybe showed up in your community or showed up at your church and you know, they're military and you're just like, you know what? I don't, I don't really need any new friends right now. And they're just going to leave in a little bit anyway. Um, I, I, I bet you that your life will be richer for knowing them and for investing in that relationship. Um, especially if they have kids because you know, the, the kids, all they want to do is have friends and fit in as, as quickly as possible. And the only downside in military life is having to move so frequently. So mm. if, you, if you are a listener and you have military friends or fantastic, I'm so glad you do. Um, but we're, we're good friends to have, I promise. <laughs> so <laughs> try, try to find us when you can and, and try to just be that a little bit more forward and in introducing yourself um, because we were a deer in headlights when we show up to a, a new area. So we're, we'd love recommendations on a hair place and a different school or something fun to do with the kids or, or whatnot and to be invited and included. That's just something that's been difficult as a military mom that I wish would be just a little bit better. Mm, gosh, it's already hard enough to be a mom and then on top of that, be a working mom. And then on top of that, being in the military. So I can't even imagine how hard it is to to have that. I will say, though, shout out to my friend, um, Colin, spore leader. She's uh, one of the early helpers with Mother Good. And she's actually a military friend that, that I did make friends with. Uh, what is it now? I think like three, three years ago now. And uh, yeah, she, she just moved uh, to the East Coast from California. So if you're listening, Colin, hope everything's going well. Um, but yeah, I mean, just as you said that I my life is was definitely and has been, you know, greatly enriched by having her in my life. And, and to be honest, like I still I still view when people view away uh, or view away move away as being uh, still a part of my life. I mean, I have friends who have moved to other parts of the country who aren't even in the military and I still like keeping in touch with them. And then also it's gives a, uh, it's, it gives a place to go take a vacation. Like you can go mm -hmm. visit them then if you're ever in that city, or you could even make it a destination. If you want to go visit there, you know, I have a friend who moved to Austin a few years back, who's not even in the military. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago I, I visited her in Austin and that was just really cool. And hopefully I can visit her again soon. So, yeah, I mean, just as you were saying, like, um, your life will be enriched for it. And, uh, and it just gives a, a destination then to, to go visit some great friends. Absolutely. Uh, so I think you touched on, you know, what are some of the hardest parts of being in the military? I'd love to hear what are the best parts for you of being a military mom? Oh, the best parts are definitely I have a lot of job security. Um, it I don't want to say it as it takes a lot to fire me, but I my job is a lot less reactive to um, the economy than other jobs. So there's a lot of security there. There's wonderful benefits for family. Um, 
wonderful health benefits and life insurance benefits. Um, having my kids be able to live in multiple places and see how life varies in different places kind of gives them the ability almost to see for themselves, like, what do they like? What don't they like? What's What makes for a good friend? What doesn't? What makes a good person? What doesn't? And, and see that just a, a, a certain area standard may be different than another's, but what are our commonalities there? And my kids get to see that. And I got to see that growing up, which was super great. And also it helps them be a lot more outgoing and friendly because they know they have a short amount of time to make friends. And so they're a lot more willing just to go out there and, and make friends with kids that they meet in the, on the playground. Because they, for all they know, they could be a Coast Guard family too, and they could be new. And so might as well go up and say hello. So mm. that's been great. Um, another thing, I, I mean, like I do love my job. I think my job is pretty, pretty great. I love shipping. I love the maritime industry. So kind of being able to stay connected to that industry is, is just wonderful. So that's what I'm grateful for. Mm, I like that a lot. So, um, is it, I've heard, well, I've heard mixed things. Is it, is your rent paid for too, or is it subsidized or how does that work? It depends on where you live. Um, so if you live in a place where they have government housing available for you, um, it is available to you. If you have, if you live in a place there's not government housing, they'll provide a stipend for that. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a huge plus too. <laughs> so job security plus helping pay your mortgage slash rent. I mean, those are two major sources of anxiety and I feel like a lot of families. So that, that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. I didn't realize that you were directly, uh, uh, your job directly entails, you know, day-to-day operations in the the shipping industry because it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I just started listening to this Bloomberg podcast and they were just talking about how crazy the global supply chain is, especially in like the shipping area. Is that, I know that's kind of like a side uh, topic, but is that something that you are involved in at all? Or are you familiar with all of that? Yeah. Um, And it's really fascinating to watch because I can see the news happening in real time when I look at my port. Um, So I can see what's happening. I can see what's happening in China just by what's coming off the ships in port from China, you know? And so, yeah. And um, we know we start hearing the the whisperings of COVID and within a week of hearing the first whisper on the news, I had a Chinese vessel show up and my port was a sick crew member. So that was, it's, it is, it is a really fun, exciting, I know it doesn't sound exciting, but it is an exciting industry. No, it sounds exciting to me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's just fascinating because that's something that I never really thought about. Like when you order something from Amazon, you don't realize that a lot of it comes from overseas. I mean, you do, but it's not like something you're like thinking of actively like, Oh, I'm ordering that's probably coming from overseas. And then you just assume it to come when you want it to come. And then to think about the fact that there's bottlenecks because Mm -hmm. of ships, it's just crazy to think about. Right. Yeah. Everything changes. Oil changes everything. The price of oil changes everything. Hmm. So what are, what are some um, crazy scenarios that you're seeing now for like the, the supply chain issues for, for shipping? Um, 
Oh yeah. So uh, a really cool thing now. And I hope, I hope some nerd out there is geeking out with us over this. But... <laughs> no, it's like this is about to get a little nerdy. <laughs> Don't worry for you non-nerds. I'll switch in a couple minutes. I just want to hear this. So. <laughs> so we're doing a big push to use green renewable energy. Um, we're hoping to have over 50% of our marine fuels be from renewable resources in, in the future. So seeing the whole industry convert to either LNG or actually ammonia as a, as a marine fuel has been absolutely fascinating. So that's where they're headed. And so we're going to see like a whole new generation of ships more efficient that are cleaner, greener, safer, hopefully. So that, that's, that's kind of the new, the new cool thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really fascinating. And then I guess the other part that I didn't really realize is that the Coast Guard, so the U.S. military, helps coordinate civilian ships. Is that, if if I'm understanding you right, that's what you're saying? Yep. They're all civilian ships. Oh, wow. Okay. That's incredible. Okay. I'm going to have to talk with you more about this offline so we don't bore our <laughs> listeners because this is just like fascinating to me. But that, I, I think that that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit of how others can support parents in the military a little bit, because I know that you mentioned to, to be friends with them. What are other ways that our listeners can help support parents in the military? Um, you know, besides just being there and being friendly and taking the first step to introduce yourself to someone new, I think that is very terrifying for anyone with any amount of social anxiety, but that's a, a critical step just to having people feel connected to their community and um, to making new friends. So that's definitely my biggest, my hopeful biggest takeaway for for everyone listening is just make yourself available to make a new friend and extend the energy and the emotional energy, knowing that maybe you're not going to see a return on investment on your end, but someone down the line will, the kids will, your kids will, especially Having pen pals across state lines is super great for kids. Um, and also having those opportunities to reconnect with the families that you've gotten really close with at like Disney World or Disneyland. That's always, those are always great trips and something fun to look forward to. Um, if you, and then just, you know, as a mom, like reach out to the moms. You see them struggling or offer hands. They're struggling just the same as everyone else. Um, at the end of the day, we take off our uniform. We look the same as everyone else. And we hope to be treated the same as everyone else and just with kindness and openness. So that's about it. I love that. I think that's perfect. So in closing, I'd love to ask the question that we ask every single mom that's on our podcast, which is when is a time that you realize it's okay to not be a perfect mom and okay to be a good one instead? Um, I think when I realized that I was going to drop a ball, that was the time I realized I'm not going to be perfect. This is this is falling right now. But just because this ball is falling, that doesn't make, make me a bad mom. I'm not going to be perfect. Um, so I just have to realize the things that make me a good mom are those glass balls. And if I focus really hard on those and make sure I get those taken care of well, are my children happy? Are they safe? Are they loved? Are they secure? Do I have a secure relationship with my spouse? Am I um, demonstrating how to be respectful and kind and loving to other people through my relationship with my spouse to my children? Like those are my glass balls. Um, and just realizing that that's what matters. 
and everything else is just a plus, that's when I kind of realized that I'm a good mom. I'm just, I'm not perfect, but I'm a good mom. Hmm. I love that so much. Well, gosh, thank you so much, Allie, for coming on. I know such short notice. I really appreciate it. I just thought it would be so good to have your voice and perspective heard uh, in, in light of the 4th of July weekend. So thank you for your service. Thank you for making the time to come on the show. And for everyone listening, um, happy 4th of July. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you. Happy 4th.